Welcome to Camp Hike Live, the podcast devoted to helping you learn, enjoy, and explore the great outdoors. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Camp Hike Live. My name is Nathan Harrington, and I am joined, as always, by our navigator himself, Christopher Hiller. Christopher, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Nate. It's so nice to be here recording again. We've had a little hiatus, and it's and we're back, full steam ahead. Yeah, full steam ahead. You got anything new and fun and exciting going on? You know, I had a fun weekend. I had a random friend, and aren't they all just random? I mean, when you think about friends, they're all random. Yeah, whenever you got them, it just you never know when you're going to get a new friend. Yeah, but I hadn't seen him in like 10, 15 years. It's been so long. He calls me up. He says, hey, I have an extra ticket to the Indy race. Do you want to go to the Indy race? And I was like, I got nothing planned for the weekend. Sure. <laughs> nice. So I quick scrambled and looked at the plane tickets and they were like $1,500, $1,000. I'm like, uh, that's not happening. Plan B, let's look at Amtrak. Got a round trip fare with Amtrak for $160 and bam, I'm off that's to the awesome. Indy, an indie race. It was kind of fun. That's a good idea when you're talking about planning a trip is the different options. Oh, and... You probably, was there a tailgate there? Because we do have an episode on tailgating. There, there was. We did one. There was some tailgating going on. So it was fun. Yes. The listeners need to check back to our tailgating episode where Christopher tells us all of the secrets, ins and outs of tailgating. It was fun. And like I said, it was old friends I hadn't seen in a long time. So I reconnected and IndyCar racing was fun. So I, it was a good experience for me. What about you? Anything new in your world? Well, it's funny. You go from a fun experience and I've got, uh, and th- this is something that it happens occasionally that things don't always go as pleasant. Planned, uh, and I plan to do a hike after this Trail Days Festival that we do every year. I plan to do a hike on the AT, and uh, it turned out not bad, but completely different than what I expected. We were doing a section of the trail that was like really a lot of memories flowed back from when my wife and I, we through hiked it. But then when I went there, we had let a friend of mine uh, plan the whole trip. And sometimes when you let someone else plan the trip, you come to realize that they didn't quite plan that well. I mean, really hot temperatures uh, and the section of trail that he had chose, uh, water sources were few and far between. So we had some days, uh, almost 90 with 10 mile sections without water. So carrying a lot of water, we had a couple inexperienced hikers come with us. And I feel like my trip became making sure everybody was okay the whole time. And sometimes it makes it hard to enjoy the, and just in, just to be there in the moment and enjoy it when you're worried about what we're doing tomorrow, how far we're going to go. Are we going to have enough water? <laughs> yeah. Quick fun. So you're saying the hike went from enjoyment to survival, or at least <laughs> rolled that line on some occasion. Well, I think for everyone else, they were fine because I stepped in to make sure everything was, was kind of kosher, but uh, well, that's not the right word for that. Hunky-dory? I don't... Hold on. (laughs) Hunky-dory there. It doesn't matter. But I stepped in to make sure that everything was was good and all of our... All of our plans went as they should have, but there's definitely some room in there for the unexpected, and I tend to plan things out very well. So I felt the need to step in, and it kind of changed my my trip, but it was still a really good trip. I had a lot of fun. Got to get back to the AT, see sunrises from mountaintops, and you can't really complain too much about that. All right, so what what is on the agenda for today? Today, I think we're going to talk about a topic that you and I only pretend to be super experts at that we might not be because we don't have to use them in what we do very often. But we're good at pretending. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about maps today. And maps are important. Uh, Obviously, when you're hiking, maps are important. When you're camping, hiking, 
both of those items you sometimes use a map. So I thought it was a good topic for us to at least hit on, maybe uh, create some questions about. Fortunately or unfortunately, in the trail, you're as long as you know where the trail's going, that's where you're at. You might not have to read a map very much. And with camping, as long as you know how to get there, uh, you're kind of there. I think that the main thing to consider with a map is it's it's for the unexpected. It's a fail-safe. Uh, and yes, it is not needed on a trip as the same as a lot of the stuff in your first aid kit may not be needed, but it's there because there may be the chance that you have to use it. Or if a problem arises, uh, we, we keep these things along for those reasons. And that's really the, the main reason for maps is, is the safety involved, uh, but also they really help us plan at the beginning as well. Where I use maps the most in my world is canoe trips. Like we have this big Boundary Waters canoe area and you need maps there. I mean, it's the only way to travel because your cell phone's not working to get you where you need to go. You don't have Google Maps or, or anything like that. You actually have to get out the paper have to get out sometimes the flashlight because it's low light and you got to figure out where things are. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the features of a map, some of the trains that you might see and how to read them on a map. And mm-hmm. we'll open up, we'll crack the egg and we'll start to look and see what's inside. Oh, nice. I like it. Um, well, one question would be now, uh, and this may be a great place to start, is there's different kinds of maps, right? Am I correct in thinking that there's there's multiple kinds? I know that there's uh, when we were looking for, uh, my brother and I do some rock climbing, and in the area we were looking for rocks to climb, we could get a topograph, topographical map. Is that, am I doing that, that right? That's right. Am yeah, I, you're right on the money. Ching, ching, I'm a winner. <laughs> but yeah, so we could see the difference in elevation. So this map is going to help you uh, to be able to see the, the elevation and terrain. There are. There's different types of maps for everything that you're going into. But there are some things that are universal on maps. Okay. And we'll, we'll maybe start there. One of the things that's universal is your legend. Somewhere on the map, whatever type of map you might have, there's going to be an area, a box, a circle, a highlighted section that's going to tell you how to read the darn thing. Right. I actually misheard you. I thought you said that I was a legend. Um, but, okay, can, can, I call it the key, I think is what I wrote down, but you're right. It is called the legend. But, yeah, it's, it's the way to interpret the map. It is. It's the key to the lock. It's the key to the map. It tells you everything. It, yeah, and that's what you need. It basically serves as uh, as the decoder or... It identifies and decodes all the symbols and all the data, all the stuff you're looking at. It, it gives you the shortcut of how to do that. Right. And that's that's going to be on every map, no matter what, whether you're driving map, whether you're uh, hiking map, whether in my case it was a canoe map, whatever map you're going to have, mm-hmm. look for your legend or your key, and it's going to give you all the answers. And there are going to be some key things in that key as well. Yeah, correct, correct. And that's step one. So how about step two? Uh, step two is the next layer, or what I will call the next section uh, that it'll be, and it'll talk you up. We'll talk a little bit about terrain features, for example, uh, things that you're going to see on the map, and what how they affect what you're going to do or where you're going to go. And they're pretty basic. I mean, and all my map reading, and I've done quite a bit for the Army too, which is a little different style of maps and a little different uh, topic or focus. But for the most part, there's about five to seven different things that you're going to see and easily identify. Uh, one of the things that I use a map for a lot is not necessarily reading the map directly, and we can get into the technical parts of how you're going to read a map, but I use it for terrain references. Just for, hey, this there's a little jut out in this lake here. Oh, yeah, that looks like there's a jut right there, and that's right. reference, and it'll give you a good idea of where you're at. Maybe not pinpoint you exactly, but in the general area. In uh, specific landmarks, um, large bodies of water, or you know, a lot of times you can use it as a, a quick reference to where you are on a map. 
Exactly. I, that's the easiest part for me. Obviously, one of the big things, if you're going to use a map, a lot of times you're going to have a compass with you, but not always. And if you don't have a compass, the landmarks that you can identify in the map are a good reference point, a good way to do it. And that there's going to always be a north arrow or they sometimes they call it a what's it called? A compass rose is going to be in that legend section of your map. And it's always going to sh- good term. I know, right? Oh, compass rose and legend. I mean, these are great things. I, I and I didn't even know that, but that's. Awesome. I'm actually surprising myself. <laughs> I, I'm writing this stuff down. <laughs> I'm surprising. My brain is all of a sudden opening up cabinets of dust of things I've learned in the past. For this, it's kind of fun. But yeah, I think it's called a compass rose, and it'll always tell you where north is. So you know, so no matter what on the map, you can always orientate the map to what's north, what's south, what's east, what's west. That'll always be in there. And a good thing to think about here, too, for people that are listening to us going, well, this is all fine and dandy, but I don't know how to uh, read a map or a compass. A lot of you'd be surprised, like uh, different REIs in a lot of places will offer an orienteering class. Uh, And it's quick. It's easy. It's fun. I've taken one. I should probably brush up on my skills a little bit. But and it covers a lot of those, you know, reading a compass and things. And it can be a great uh, activity to go do for fun or even take your kids because kids love reading a map and running a compass. And a lot of times your local outfitters are going to offer those for free. If you're buying your maps from them and you're buying your different gear or renting your gear from them, they'll go through and show you how to use a map. And the other other way you can find out information and learn how to do it it is the way Nate and the Hiking Vikings got their word out of who they are and what they're doing is YouTube. YouTube has some great places that you can... uh, I know I've seen three or four different map people and they go through it pretty good. They... They, what we used to call Barney style, I know I'm getting a little old for that to be a term anymore, where they break it down to the little nicks yeah. and crannies and it gets you to understand everything. But yeah, and that's where we can only go so far in the audio section of this. And I like the idea that our podcast kind of, you even mentioned at the beginning, we start picking at things to make you ask the questions. And then from there, we give you as much information as we can. You guys can go out and elaborate from there and also ask us questions. So if there's any questions you guys want, just remember that you guys can't ask us on the Facebook forum. That's Camp Hike Live Forum. Yeah, that's right. We, and we go on there. We're not in there as much as maybe we'd like to, but we do go in there and check it out and answer some of the questions on there. So it's pretty good. Okay, back to topic. Okay, so another thing in the legend. We'll talk about another thing in the legend. Uh, usually they break down the map into like grid. So it's like, you're going to have grid squares is what they're called. And basically it's where they draw basically perpendicular squares in usually a black line on all your map. And what that does is that helps break it down so you can focus in a different area. And they also have a scale in your legend, which tells you how far on the map is how far in the real world. For example, one inch may be one mile on your map or one inch may be 10 miles. It all depends on what your it all depends on the map. It all depends on the map, and it, you'll still find that in that little legend area, and it'll tell you how far. And like the grids are really good because you can kind of identify. For me, anyway, I'm a very big landmark map referencer. I don't bring out the compass like I should. I don't bring out the measurement scales as much as I should. I'm like, hey, there's a big rock right there on the top of that hill. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's right here on this map. And then I'm like, okay, we'll uh, generally walk this direction, and then I'll make find another landmark and go for it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, what about you? Did you use maps much on the AT or all? I know they have a whole great big book on how to get through from Georgia to Maine. And I remember you referencing it a few times. Were there maps in there or was it basically just, hey, how far you got to go? So for a, for a long trail like that, 
it is a little bit different because you you can't just have a map. There's so much information to cover. They they've created an entire guidebook that uh, it has maps, it has locations, it has distances. Uh, everything is scaled out with elevation change and where your water sources are. And uh, if you guys want to peek at it, I think that there's some online resources for the uh, the through hikers guide, the AT through hikers guide, or AWOL's guidebook. Uh, this is. A little bit off topic when we're talking about actual guidebooks as opposed to, as opposed to maps. Now there was some maps inside, but I do use on a regular basis. I do a, a guided hiking group locally here in Pennsylvania, and when we go out on Saturdays, most of all of your small hiking trails will have a small paper guide, oftentimes located at the kiosk at the parking area of your of your hiking trail that you're going to go on. There'll be a little wooden kiosk there. It'll have the map, a blown up version of the map for you to reference, and a lot of times a, a little paper pamphlet. So when I'm actually hiking, I'll carry that map as my fail safe is and I also uh, one of the things that I always find is very very important tonight and I wrote it down here is is to be familiar with these things beforehand the map may be even more important before you leave the house this is what's going to show us what we're going to get into and it's what's going to tell us what's out there and where we're close to and this is the research side of it this is the getting as much information as you can before you go on your trip I mean it's trip planning and we've talked about that on this podcast before is how can we get ourselves ready and how can we plan our trip. A map is is so useful there. And oftentimes I find more useful even before you leave. That's a great point. Uh, One thing that I want to talk about is how the trail thing, the trail terminology and the map terminology often match up and they may have orientated that way. Say, for example, when you're looking on a a map, there's like seven, I I figure about seven terrain features. One of the big features is a ridge. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the names when you're on a trail are exactly what they are if you were looking at it on a map. For example, I'm sure there's more than one ridge that you have crossed and walked upon uh, when you did your big hike. In the map, it's the exact same thing. So if you're like on, I'll make up a name because I'm probably wrong, but like Saginaw Ridge. Well, then you go and look at your map just for funsies. Well, you're actually on what is called a ridge in map language and when you're looking and identifying things. So it's it's an interesting common terminology uh, back and forth. And it's really just reading the topography of the land uh, and applying it to where you're at and what you're doing. And this is where we can get a little bit nerdy as well as, as outdoorists or adventurers. You know, this is where some people absolutely love maps because it makes you feel like that explorer. It makes you feel like that adventurer. So you take this as far as you want. Some people, it's a a bit of safety gear and it just goes in their pack and they have it. And other people that I know of that they just love maps. I mean, they'll pull out maps and spread them out on a table. Uh, it's great for exploring and finding new things. We've used maps to find new rocks to rock climb. Uh, as well as me, I'm, I'm doing this guided hikes back home. I'll pull out these big maps of the Allegheny National Forest and scan through them and look for hiking trails. I found hiking trails that I never knew existed. So yeah, it's, it's another good tool for it. And you can take it as far as you want and it can be very, very fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Come see Camper Chris He's got all you need A camping guru Outdoor buff Your expert on stuff He's also camping out In social media So come see Camper Chris So I'll go through some of the train features okay? Uh, just so we get them out there So they're not you know, completely hitting 
anyone off guard when they've decided to start to do some things and decided to start uh, to look at a map. I'll give them some terrain for you. Okay. We, we talked about Ridge. Now, a ridge is basically, uh, how would you explain a ridge on the hiking side? Like, if you're on a ridge, what does it look like when you're actually on the ground doing your hiking on a ridge? Okay, so physically on a ridge? Physically on a ridge, you're doing... There would be two kind. There would be um, an open ridge uh, where there'd be no trees. And then on this side, you're going to be able to see a drop-off on either side of the hiking trail. You're on the backbone of a hill system or a mountain. Or it can be enclosed as well. It can be enclosed in trees, but you're still going to see a drop-off on either side. Oftentimes, you'll see the the sky or the horizon on the sides of you. Uh, you don't have any inclines going up on the sides. You're on the, like I said, kind of like the backbone. And that's exactly the way I would describe it. Now, when you're looking at a map, it's going to be a little different. I mean, it's exactly like you described, but on the map, it's going to look the contour lines, which is what they're called, is difference in elevation. It's going to look like a V, like a series of Vs okay. or or Us. That's what it's going to look like. And the peak is actually the, the peak of the V or the bottom of the V or the bottom of the U. And that's what it's going to look like on a map. So when you're hiking, you're basically on top of the world, mm-hmm. hiking along a line that's on top of the world. You're not climbing up to a peak. You're hiking. And it's fantastic. It's really fun to do. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and when you're on the map, you're, you're basically going to be on what looks like a V or looks like a U. So the next section would be like a saddle. That's a term that's used pretty often. And typically that's the low point between two distinct peaks. So basically if you're looking off in the distance and you see one peak to the left and one peak to the right, the area in the middle is considered the saddle. And the high points are the edge of the saddle. So basically, it's more of a reference point saying, hey, that's the saddle. We're going to walk that way or you're going to look on your map and you're going to see that. Visually on the ground, it looks like a saddle. It looks like an old cowboy saddle. Gotcha. But when you're looking on the map, it basically what you're going to see is you're a lot of times between two ridges, but it, it's not sharp. It's usually a U It's because a sharp uh, draw or a sharp V would be your valley. So saddles and valleys are similar, but they're a little different in the fact that there's a lot more space in between these two peaks of the saddle. Ah, or if you're in the south and you have that valley and there's a little uh, a stream or brook that goes through there, they call it the holler. That's it, exactly. They do. You're, you're, you're got, we'll talk right, we'll go right into the valley. So the valley, Okay. yeah, that, it's a perfect transition. So a valley is... Because we're professional. Yeah, we, we have to always remember that we're professional. We're, we're amateurly professional, of course. <laughs> I don't like no, that name. Go, go ahead, go ahead. We're in the valley. That's a good word. You know, we could probably write a whole dictionary with the words we make up on the show. It'd be awesome. (laughs) And no one would read it. No, but the valley, I like how you call it the holler. That's awesome. I think there's a lot of songs that call it the holler. But it's also called... Well, I just have... uh, I have a lot of friends that live in uh, North Carolina, and we've been doing a lot of hiking, and that's it. That's the holler. Uh, Virginia, North Carolina, like that. That's just a term that they use. But I've been told that a holler has to have water in it oh i don't know if that's that's just what i think okay all of you folks in uh north carolina and that region go to camp hike live forum and tell us what is your definition of holler i bet we'll (laughs) get the right answer to have water yeah does it have to well and i believe that it does because what i have as a synonymous term or a a mirroring term to holler Mm -hmm. uh is gully and for us a a gully has to have water. okay so I would I would say yes, but okay. We'll, we'll we'll hear what everybody else has to say. <laughs> the jury is out. We will see. So that's a valley. So your valley is your low point uh, when you're when you're hiking. A lot of times that this is where you'll find like 
your towns and things in the old and western days or in the development days, they usually were in there because they were protected because they had peaks right. and ridges all around them. And it's much easier to build uh, on a flatter terrain or uh, down in the lower, it's where the water is. I mean, there's multiple reasons why civilizations popped up in these in these lower areas and not in the mountains. So similar to a valley is a pass. And that's the low point in the saddle. So when you look at that saddle, in the middle is the path. And you have lots of things that are called paths. And that's exactly what they are. That's where they took the wagon trains. It's where they mm -hmm. loaded or they, they corralled and herded their cattle. Is that the right thing? Herded their cattle through. They usually took them through the passes. Sounds super good. I, I love it. I, we, we are such professionals. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other term I have that's pretty common is a cliff. Okay. And a cliff is exactly what it sounds like. You know, that's where you throw your buddy. No, you don't do that. Yeah, I know. Take that yeah, bag. Yeah. You don't ever throw your buddies. But that's where it's an extreme drop-off point. It's a, an extreme uh, change in elevation vertically. Um, it, it, there's a fall. So that, that's the only, that's what I have for terms. Very good. And I think that's, that's enough to pique enough curiosity. And, and even for people now to pull a map out that they have at their house, they're probably going to be surprised how well they can kind of identify things now just with your, your description, because you did a really good job with that. I'm glad that uh, you had that information. And like I said, I've wrote down some notes of things that I've learned because I didn't know that much about maps. Well, and then they're all different. Like you said, we just remember there are many different types of maps. So if you're going to go in the outdoors, go to your outfitter, get the map, let them explain it to you. Like, for example, where I'm at, I talked about earlier, we have a lot of canoe maps. And on there, we don't have trails marked. We have rods marked. So the, there's a rod between two lakes. A rod is a distance of measurement. You can go back and listen to our canoe episode. It'll talk all about those. But they're focusing on the things that are important in that area that you're looking at to go and enjoy the outdoors. Absolutely. I have a couple things that I want to touch on that is more about dealing with maps as opposed to the actual map itself before we kind of sum things up. One of the things that I want people to, to realize is there's a lot of digital versions of things out there. So you can get any kind of map and get it on your phone and you can take that with you. And that also serves a purpose. There's always that one downside of your phone being getting broken or a battery running dead. The physical map itself it doesn't really weigh anything. It's not anything extra. I always recommend, even if you have a digital copy, to bring a physical copy with you. A couple things that can make it uh, nice to have. I've seen people laminate things, but that's extra time. A Ziploc bag. Take your map, put it in a full-size Ziploc bag, and it also allows you... Uh, I hike with a, a lady in our hiking group that her trail name has become Maps. So she's referred to as Maps now because no matter where we go, she gets the map for that area, puts it in a plastic bag, and it is uh, it is stuck to the side of her pack on her suspension straps for anybody to look at at any point in time. You just walk up to her while she's hiking. You can walk behind her and you can look at the map. It's very accessible. It's protected from water and the, the elements. And it's, uh, it's just a perfect way of, of using a map. I think every person or every outdoor group needs a person like that. They need a maps person. Maps, so absolutely. Maybe you listening to this podcast, we've inspired you to be that maps person, to be the one that always brings the map and helps save the day. Mm -hmm. Now, and the, the, the last thing I want to kind of touch on is also... It's not maps, but it rhymes. It's apps. So there's a lot of apps as well that you can get for your, your phone that do the next step. One thing that a map does is it generally it's going to tell us everything about the physical land in the area. But oftentimes it's not going to tell us, if we're talking about hiking trails, how difficult the hiking trail is or the uh, directions to the location or, uh, I mean, like a, a street address to a parking lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that it does help us with, but it falls short in 
in some of this extra information. There's an app out there called All Trails, and it's really fantastic. And this allows you to, uh, as a hiking site, allows us to type into the, the search for a, a certain trail and get a lot of extra information. We can still take the map with us, but this will tell us, you know, reviews on the trail, when a good time a year to hike a trail is, you know, does it tend to be muddy, how difficult. And I mean, there's just a lot of extra information there that can go along with the map as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, with that, guys, we're going to conclude this episode of Camp Hike Live all about maps. Uh, Please just reach out to us if you have any questions. But until next time, guys, I'm going to leave you with a quote. And the quote is, life is a journey you're not given a map for. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Bye-bye. If you like what you have heard today and you want to hear more from us about camping, hiking, and living the outdoor life, we ask that you subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and help us to keep coming to you. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do that on Facebook. Search Camp Hike Live Forum.